0: And when a general contractor understands it properly, that structural engineer is the person that can drive the efficiency, that can drive the, the um, material usage of, of that project. That's the, that's the golden spot, because structural engineer uh, is part of the most important discussions.
1: Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast presented by Applied Software Great Tech Group. You're invited to join our conversation to model the future of construction innovation and the digital transformation adventure of this great industry. My guest today is Yuri Sabatka. He's the CEO and co owner of Idea Statica. Yuri is a big enthusiast of technology and entrepreneurship. After years in corporate banking, he joined Idea Statica to mix his business skills with unique Czech technology. After various sales and marketing roles, he took over the position of CEO in January of 2023. Uri has an academic background from three continents, Prague University of Economics, Harvard University, and Singapore Management University. He continues to educate himself in behavioral economics. Welcome to the show, Uri. It's, uh, it's good to have you here. Welcome, Todd.
0: Thanks for inviting me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what uh, what led you into the the big uh, world of of construction and and structural engineering.
0: It's a family business. My my father's been in the industry since I can remember. So uh, I go to the industry from the other angle, kind of grown into it personally, and uh, we are still a family-owned business and it works.
1: Nice, awesome, very cool. Uh, So, you know, construction has traditionally maybe kind of overlooked the 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 value and and input of of structural engineers. In your opinion, why has that happened? And what do you think is the the big impact of this oversight on on projects?
0: There are multiple reasons. One is that historically, uh, structural engineering as a a service, is viewed as a service. As a service, either architect or general contractor purchases at a time or or at some of the time during the project. And that is to tick the box, right? Mm -hmm. We we have the design and we just need somebody to verify it's safe, right? We need a structural design. So let's call an engineer and make him do it, right? Structural engineer is not... At the table when the general contractor and the architect and other stakeholders are designing and deciding how the project will or can look like yeah and there, there's also more practical reasons one of them structural engineers are more introvert right so they are not as uh, as a strong voice uh, inside all those stakeholders uh, uh, in the aec segment hmm.
1: Hmm. so In your experience, what are what are ways to to bring the structural engineers perspective more to the the forefront to result in the successful project outcomes?
0: Well, uh, the structural engineers have to be known better. The the profession of structural engineering is amazing, it's very complex, Uh, it's extremely beneficial to the whole process. And we should do everything we can to uh, make everybody understand what structural engineers can do and what can they bring to the table. And when a general contractor understands it properly, that structural engineer is the person that can drive the efficiency, that can drive the the, um, material usage of of that project. That's the the golden spot because structural engineer uh, is part of the most important discussions.
1: Mm. So how do you... Demystify the the array of of structural engineers to kind of poke through the, the maybe the, the misconceptions or the even just the uh, lack of time thinking o- o- about structural engineers. How how do you poke through that that bubble?
0: That is that is a tough one, and it's uh, it's it's been a mystery to us to me that uh, how such a high skilled profession can be known in such a limited way right so uh, it's about i guess calling good examples uh, that uh that the industry can relate to uh promoting engineered by not just build by or or um, uh, architect of the project is but also structurally engineered by uh, brand or logo to uh, really talk about structural engineering uh, on various levels. It's uh, it's uh, it might be of course vendors companies like us, but also might be uh, the associations, right? They they have the role of spreading the um, the industry and the profession they represent, and here the structural engineering associations could definitely do more than uh, they're currently doing, especially compared to the other uh, stakeholders in the segment.
1: Mm-hmm. Have you seen other stakeholders doing it well that structural engineers should look towards to to kind of model?
0: Well, you can you can feel it when you when you look at the software industry for the AEC segment. Right. Uh, and, and you look at the decisions of the of the bosses and of the companies. Most of the work is done for architects, for detailers, for MEP specialists, for for bin coordinators. So they probably got it better than structural engineers, uh, <laughs> because there's not really that much being done for for structural engineers. There are uh, great exceptions, uh, uh, which, uh, which 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 is great. But in in general, the structural engineers are um, of the lesser focus of, uh, of the vendors, uh, in the industry.
1: Yeah. Well, what's the, what do you see as the consequence of kind of that, that mindset and, uh, kind of a, a second question on that. Why should the GCs really prioritize listening to the structural engineers more and kind of the, the ramifications of, of not doing so?
0: Yeah, there's only one person that truly understands the, the structures. T- truly understands the how how the uh, how the mechanics and the and the inner uh, mechanisms of a building uh, work and that is structural engineer if you want to uh, optimize the project for whatever criteria it, it might be material usage it might be uh, the ease of semblance it it, it, it might be uh, use of this or that material it might be the time what it takes to to complete it structural engineer can tell you these things uh, and uh, that is the source of uh, of of that information it goes both ways structural engineers have to be ready to um, think like this right Mm -hmm. because some of them might get used to the old mindset they just kind of do the structural design for whatever is uh, is uh, agreed somewhere else Uh, so if this works if structural engineers and the and the GCs, the architects are working together, right from the start, we can get more efficient buildings, we can build uh, faster, uh, more effective with less material used.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's double click on that a a bit more. How does structural analysis contribute to uh, really an an improving construction process and and reducing the the cost, ensuring the, the safety and longevity of structures?
0: It's all about material usage. Uh, There are ways to build buildings, uh, and there are ways to build them overly um, conservative. That doesn't mean uh, some people are afraid of optimization because it might decrease the safety. But if you understand the structure, uh, you can tell where the material is truly excessive, and uh, there's incredible savings to be done. It's uh, mm. uh, when you look at a lot of structures in in the US, they're just stiffeners everywhere, right? So if if, if you understand uh, as a, as an engineer, of course, or all the stakeholders, how how the structures be behave, how the structure behaves, there are there's a low hanging fruit in in the saving material right off the bat, and then there are of course more complex ways to uh, to uh, to optimize when we look at the whole design. Uh, what should it uh, what should it withstand? What uh, is the uh, specifics of the area, right? Seismic, uh, non seismic, but there's always a way to change or improve
1: something. Mm. Yeah. Uh, So there are are some really cool uh, technology coming into structural engineering space, idea statica, uh, for sure being one of them. Why? Why? do you think that there's uh, or what's what's behind the kind of a, a renaissance if you will on the the technology side coming into the the structural engineering space why is now mm-hmm. the time to to really focus on this area
0: well 20 30 40 years ago we as as a humanity we we built very complex structures uh the funny thing is that at the time it was probably designed by the s- smartest engineers uh, of that time, by the top 5%. Yeah. What we are seeing right now with uh, the education and the technology toolkit, software, other tools, structure engineers have, you can get those complex, fantastic, uh, really landmark structures being designed not just by the top 5%, but I want to say normal engineer, right? Mm-hmm. And that is fantastic. And that that, that kind of removes the bottleneck of of those kind of 3,000 buildings we have to build each day to meet the needs of our population and growth, something like that. So that really makes uh, mankind able to kind of to challenge uh, or, to, or to manage this challenge of, of, of build that much, build complex and still do it efficiently.
1: Hey innovators. Do you wanna help inspire the next generation of architects, engineers, and builders? Applied Software Gray Tech Group does too. In fact, they have launched a scholarship contest and need your help spreading the word. If you know any students or teachers who could benefit from the contest, tell them to visit asti.com slash AEC scholarship for more information. Applied Gray Tech is giving away over a thousand dollars to help students pursue their dreams. And we need your help to make it happen. So what are you waiting for? Let's make a difference together. Mm, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, what What do you see as the, the trend? I wanna double click on that kind of the democratization of the technology. How is that really helping to, to shape the uh, the design? And then why is it in, really important for the, the future of construction? You mentioned all the you know, the vast amount of, of buildings that we have to build. Uh, it's kind of staggering when you, you look at that. Uh, you, you have to build like a, a New York City every single day <laughs> in order to keep up with the, the population mm-hmm. size of growth. Uh, mm-hmm. why, why the democratization of, of technology? Why should people really kind of zero in and, and view that as a, a, a net positive?
0: There is no wave of uh, new labor force coming into the industry. There, there is there is new way. There is no wave of uh, uh, mag- magical new materials that we can use. There, there is there is no magical change of of trend of the population growth coming in. We just have to do more with what we have in terms of the the natural resources and the and the, and the people and the engineers that graduate every year. So. Using the technology better to um, to do more is the only way. It 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 doesn't mean using the technology blindly and be just a glorified uh, software user. Uh, The technology should augment the uh, the natural desire of structural engineers and everybody in the industry to build more, to build faster, to be uh, to build more efficiently. Mm
1: -hmm. So I I love what you mentioned there. of It's it's really a partnership between the technology and the engineer or the whoever the end user of whatever product we're talking about uh, so often especially in the the larger construction industry it the the mindset is that technology is almost a threat coming in and that it's going to take over somebody's job instead of that it's it's that partnership and, and collaboration how do you go about helping to kind of foster the environment and the mindset that no, you know it is a partnership we have to Collaborate with the the technology and not be in competition with it. Correct. It's a,
0: yeah. That, that, that's a, that's a tough one, and and it's structural engineers specifically. They are conservative. So so basically, they anticipate something's going to go wrong, right? Uh, not necessarily with with the structures they design, but also with the with the economy, right? With the society, with the geopolitical mm-hmm. situation. So so uh, you have engineers who've been anticipating something terrible next year in in all of the last five years and that's why they say hey i, I don't want to change what i do because i will probably not not have enough work but they still have enough work it's a uh, there are territories where when when structural engineers are are not overbooked but that it's very few the the, the pipelines are good the, the projects are being done yes uh, the the structure of 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 the projects per industry is changing uh but uh I'm optimistic in in uh, in what the world economy would do uh, and uh, we just all have to uh, be a little a little bit more optimistic too and uh, try to uh, improve the whole process.
1: Yeah. So there's a, a change management aspect in here for sure. How can we start to shift the the mindset of you know the traditional this is the way we've always done it. Let's just stick to a, what works to adopt a, a growth mindset. Whether we're talking about kind of shifting the prioritization with structural engineers or adopting technology or even pulling in uh, more sustainable and uh, efficient practices into our design, how do we go about that, that mindset shift?
0: Well, well, I think the structural engineers specifically, I guess the most trusted source for them is other structural engineers. So it's, so it's good examples again i see a big role of uh, industry associations to to showcase that to showcase structural engineers that have been able to push their businesses to the next level and there are companies who are making great example in combining uh, the design the, the professional structural engineering with doing business it, it's not a shame that that somebody wants to run a structural engineering office as a business as he's looking and is looking to to uh, employ technology so he does more for a lower average costs uh so these examples are great and they are not just for the big multinationals they are not only for the big engineering companies there are there are things every every structural engineer can do and those examples um, that's probably the, the the source structural engineers would listen the most
1: yeah What's the the low hanging fruit that you would recommend uh, if people that, that want to start this journey and, and start going down this uh, road, where where do they start first? Right, so uh,
0: I, I think that the, the industry as as a whole, uh, you're represented by associations, structural engineers, right? In the uh, for example, in the US, uh, it has to be more vocal about the the importance of uh, of uh, the profession and what it can do. And we need uh, good examples of projects when GC architect, structural engineer working together to, to figure out a better solution. A better solution that saved money uh, for the investor, of course, and uh, also the solution that eventually made the structural engineer more money, right? So, so those are kind of the stories that they kind of snowball and, and, and make people think, and, and, and these, uh, these examples can be big projects but can also be small ones right it's uh, paradoxically most people can relate to small projects more than to those iconic right done than mm-hmm. by the best
1: yeah you're speaking my language there of, of the the storytelling aspect i 100 agree that it's it's more powerful to tell the the smaller stories in so many ways because it's more relatable that's what people do day in and day out that you don't the the big grand revolutionary stories are super cool and and fascinating but they're they seem almost more theoretical than just the the day-to-day small practical and it's intimidating for people because they're like oh i don't want to tell the small story because it doesn't seem as grandiose and nobody's going to care but that's the relatable that's where the the gold is that it Yes, you can do this on a, a day-to-day, uh, you know, practical side of things. We got to do a better job of, of telling those stories for sure. Correct. How do we go about uh, really sharing those stories, though, of uh, and making it so that people want to share those smaller stories?
0: Oh, Well, this podcast is a good start. <laughs> uh, it's... Uh... Uh, I, I think that that's the um, responsibility of uh, uh, our industry as as software vendors or software developers mm-hmm. um as as one of the one of the stakeholders because we uh, we we see the uh, we talk to the users uh, w- we can share best practices and and that that's kind of the um, i guess one of the things all the software vendors should be more responsible for that it's not just about the kind of the software, but the profession they, um, they develop it for. And uh, in the whole AEC segment, the, the structural engineering workflows and, and structural engineers as such should be much more mentioned uh, when it comes to uh, all the BIM um, initiatives, for example. Every profession had uh, reasonably good successes in, in BIM adoption and, and tools for, for BIM interoperability but for the structural engineers they are still at the kind of uh, end when it when it comes to level of uh, of BIM capabilities so so that's uh, my challenge or call to action is for all us vendors in 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 the industry just to um, to promote the profession of uh, the structural engineering a little bit more
1: mm. what Do you think the balance of the kind of the the pull versus push should be on, on that side between the, the vendors and the, uh, the industry of, is it more the, the vendors kind of pushing people uh, along to, uh, you know, develop the the technology so that to make it available, make it easily to, uh, you know, kind of transition over, or is it on the, the industry to kind of pull the vendors along of like, Hey, this is where we. Are, are wanting to be and kind of raise the bar on what the the, the features and um, that the software actually looks like.
0: Yeah, that's uh, uh, th- there's one more important player in this, and and those are the the national codes. Those are the regulatory bodies that mm-hmm. that create uh, the national codes, whether it is AISC, ACI in the US, Eurocode uh, in in Europe, uh, and that that defines the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, today we don't design for uh, what the, what the buildings and structures can take we design for the what the code defines which is the same thing but it truly is not uh, there are specifics in uh, there's there's a lot of uh, kind of backup capacity the the, co- the codes create and also the codes are are uh, written so um, it can be followed by a very simple procedure so it creates a level of opacity for uh, for the for structural engineers let alone the rest there is very few people around the world who have read all the codes in their country it's and it's understandable it's it's, it's nobody's even doing it there, there's a there's a new um, AISC standard or edition there there's a new eurocode coming there there is not a structural engineer that, that that will read let alone know all of it so uh, but somebody has to be responsible for compliance with with all this, right? so that, that's kind of the challenge that that kind of that drives the uh, uh, the necessity of having tools for structural analysis and design. and I think industry is doing a good job in accommodating this, uh, creating tools that that uh, allow engineers to to analyze design as per code uh, but very often uh only for the uh kind of the simpler stuff and that, that's 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 the mission of, of idea statica I and mean, we also developed software for not just the simple steel connections and concrete beams but for all of them and and that's kind of looking into uh, and it's an example how to look into uh, helping engineers solve uh what what hasn't been solved yet so they can just be more productive and and have more time for uh uh the The work they truly
1: love yeah, very nice. well, let's dive into idea statica a bit more. W- what role are you all playing in and helping to promote a, a more kind of environmentally conscious uh, approach and particularly concerning all the, the co2 emissions in the the construction industry
0: well we we would uh, we like to think of it that we give structural engineers to tools to optimize whatever they want because we we don't decide for which the project will be optimized ah. but with our software the structure engineer should be able to optimize for material usage if the gc and investor wants it mm-hmm. they should be able to optimize it for the easiest uh, assembling right if that's the criteria right uh, so uh, we uh, provide options for for all we want to be part of that process so these decisions can be uh, can be made and it's and that that's the healthy discussion of uh, that should happen with every project. What is the uh, why are we building this? What is the most sensible way to build this? Discuss uh, materials, their combinations. how it's going to be sourced? How we can uh, how we can um, uh, make the structure fill the purpose without uh, uh, using excessive material. And excessive material, to be honest, ninety nine percent today Excessive material means excessive CO two. Mm-hmm. It's, it's uh, one of the things that we, I think, don't. We are getting a little bit confused by uh, decreasing CO two. Structural engineers are very pragmatic. Uh, they're very good with numbers, with specific uh, values, and uh, decreasing material usage is very straightforward. Structural engineers can do it, and they are very happy to do it. Asking them to reduce CO2 when we are not exactly sure what it all means is is sometimes a little counterproductive. So uh, the, the industry should be more more straightforward. Let's decrease the material we use mm-hmm. on, on our stone, concrete and timber projects, and structural engineers will will happily
1: uh, uh, help 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 to solve that. Yeah. I love it. I'm a, I'm a practical guy. So I, I love that. <laughs> uh, just being very practical about it. Let's just focus on the reducing the waste and materials there and the, right. the rest will kind of really help solve and take care of itself. Uh huh. So yeah, I, I, like that, that mindset. How would you describe the, the mission of idea Statica and how does it align with uh, addressing the, the issues faced by structural engineers in the construction industry?
0: our slogan is calculate yesterday's estimates uh, we still see areas where structural engineers struggle they they, they have to estimate they uh, they or spend an unnecessary amount of time to design and we want to sort this out we, we want structural engineers to um, have a peaceful uh, sleep at night while enjoying their work and uh, and
1: create beautiful buildings all around the world yeah that's a good Good mission there for sure uh so one of the kind of core tenets of the podcast is is really building around innovation what does innovation mean to you uh it's about uh looking
0: what the industry needs where is it going and the, the problems we need to solve and uh, when i look at it from uh, from our our perspective we see the incredible complexity of building codes we need we see very complex uh, workflows inside the AEC industry around structural engineers, and and, and we see that that persona uh, kind of being overwhelmed with that. So uh, so the innovation uh, kind of it drives us to solve this. It, it drives us to to make structural engineers uh, able to cope with all that and uh, remove from what we see as a bottleneck to uh, just a better construction in general.
1: Yeah. Very nice. Well, how do people find out more information on Ideastatica and connect with you?
0: Just go to our website, ideastatica.com or just uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Happy to talk to.
1: Perfect. Sounds good. Well, final question for you. If I could give you all construction power, you could snap your fingers and innovate one thing in the industry. What would you pick to innovate? Wow. That...
0: That would be the one and true format for the BIM for really the, uh, for managing all the construction data from the initial phase to, to uh, the fabrication, erection, maintenance, uh, demolition for the, for the whole cycle. That we as an industry finally get to a point, uh, instead of having 15 data formats, that uh, we would have one.
1: Yeah. One data point to rule them all. <laughs> I like it. That'd be a good one. <laughs> it would solve a lot of complexities in the industry. <laughs> Very nice. Well, you're right. Thanks so much for taking the time and joining the, the podcast today.
0: Likewise. Bye-bye.
1: And now it's time for my Todd takes from this episode. First take. The synergy between architects, structural engineers, and general contractors is essential for optimizing construction projects. By fostering a collaborative environment, we can significantly reduce costs and create greater efficiencies across the board. It's this mutual understanding and shared input from all stakeholders that lays the foundation for successful, optimized projects. Second take, the surge in demand for new buildings is unprecedented and the democratization of technology is a boon for the industry. To keep pace, we must not only leverage technology, but also harness its full potential. It's crucial to shift our perspective, seeing technology not as a competitor, but as a collaborative partner. This partnership is key in unlocking new possibilities and meeting the growing demand. And final take, it's vital that we share more success stories from within the industry, As discussed with Uri, the stories that resonate most aren't always about groundbreaking revolutions. Often, it's the practical day-to-day successes that truly connect with people. By showcasing these stories, we can inspire progress and bring attention to the tangible achievements being made in the field. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software, Great Tech Group at ASDI.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining the conversation to model the future on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Bridging the Gap is hosted, directed, and produced by Todd Wyant, edited, and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an Applied Software, Gray Tech Group production. Copyright Applied Software, Gray Tech Group, 2023.